This is Austin Pace with BYU-Idaho Radio, and I'm joined today by Anna Taylor, the Online Employment and Scheduling Director here at BYU-Idaho, and today's devotional speaker. Prior to her joining the BYU-Idaho community, Sister Taylor spent 19 years working in the dental practice in a dental practice in Rexburg. Sister Taylor is a mother of four and a grandmother of two and cherishes time spent with her family. She has served in many capacities within the church, but is currently serving in her stake Young Women's Presidency. Thanks for joining me, Sister Taylor. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So the title of your devotional address for today is Finding Peace and Strength Through the Atonement of Jesus Christ. So what was your inspiration behind the topic? There are so many gospel principles to talk about, yet you chose that one. What was your inspiration behind that? Well, I think about the past couple of years with COVID happening and my just life experiences with my daughter serving a mission and just everyday trials and how difficult it can be to find peace in this world. Also, uh, it made me realize through these different challenges that we had that we can find strength when we use the enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. And I wanted to share some of the things that I have learned over the past couple of years with others. So it's been a topic that you've been studying, I guess, pretty heavily then these last couple of years. I would say studying and experiencing. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about your daughter serving a mission. And I that was the first thing that caught my eye in your address because it's also the first thing that you that you talk about. So could you tell me a little bit about the story and why it fits into your address? You bet. Uh, one of the things, her mission was challenging for her, but I think for me as well, being her mom, she started off, well, she was always healthy uh, growing up, but it seemed as she started wanting to serve her mission, we started facing challenges. And even throughout her whole mission, she just faced sickness after sickness and health challenge. And we learned during this time that the only person or the only thing that can really help us is praying and having faith that Jesus Christ is listening and he is there to help take care of her, but also comfort me, you know, being 3,000 miles from her. So I wanted to share that the things that we experienced and be able to hopefully help someone else that may be struggling with just life challenges. And so she served foreign. Where where did your daughter serve? She didn't. She, she served didn't. in um, Massachusetts, Boston Mission, okay. which I'm so grateful for. The um, hospitals there, the medical care, very top of the line, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and, and I'll explain more in my devotional. There were, had she been in a foreign country, I think it would have been even worse for us. Right. So tell me a little bit about the challenges that she did face. Like what, what were some of those health problems that, that she was confronted with while she was first preparing for her mission? Because you said it started there. It did. And then what were some of those, I guess, what carried over to her mission as well? Um, so right before her mission, as she's filling out her mission papers, she had appendicitis. And had surgery, new medications, lots of different things that happened there. And I'll explain more of that in devotional. And then once she got on her mission, she seemed to have everything. She had influenza. She had bronchitis. And then it started into kidney stones. And she had, I think it was four kidney stones on her mission. 
one of them uh, was pretty severe, and it took about a month before the doctors figured out what was going on. Wow. And at that point, um, she had developed sepsis, and it was life-threatening. Right. And I'm sure for you as a mom, that's scary. <laughs> I remember when I was on my mission, I, I also went through a few different uh, health problems. Uh, not not fun. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's it's really not fun. But it was those, the, the calls home that really helped get me, you know, give me the energy to go to the next week. Um, so like my mom would keep it. She'd keep a good face on when we were on the phone, right? And especially with my dad there, she, she'd do well. And when I'd have conversations with, conversations with my dad, he'd be like, dude, she's worrying about you. It's a whole, it's a mom thing. That's fine. Right. So you, you had those same similar feelings. Is that correct? Absolutely. Right. And you said something in your devotional address that my mom had actually said as well, or something similar, right? I guess to the extent of it, you said, uh, you were driving to work. And it was a, it was a beautiful day here in Rexburg and you were kind of just praying for your daughter. And the thought for you was, all right, I got to be there for her, you know? And my mom thought that exact same thing. She's like, I, I got to be there for him. I'm his mom. But you had a very distinct impression and you, you say this quote, I hold Janice. Is that, is that, is that, is that her name? Yeah, okay. Yep. I hold Janice in my hands and I'm watching over her. So can you tell me a little bit about that experience for you and how you were able to find peace with your daughter's situation? Yes, I remember coming up the hill and just that distinct impression of, of those words that I shared. I was ready to get on an airplane and, and head to Boston because I thought I was the only one that could take care of her. And when those words came, I just felt so much love from my savior. Like it was tangible. You could feel it. And it made me realize I can't help her as much as what he can. And through that, I felt peace. I thought, okay, he can do more for her than what I can do with my presence there. I can love her from Idaho and I can support her. I put on that cheerful face and I can do the words of encouragement. But she needed to learn to rely on him as well. So it was a good experience, a good learning experience for both of us to rely upon that enabling power to get us through that challenge. Right. So tell me a little bit about what your daughter learned in that time. Because I remember I was so negative when I I got I got sick with malaria on my mission. Oh. And I was I was miserable. It was awful and I couldn't help and it was right when I had, I, I served my mission in in Africa, in Mozambique, and I had just gotten there. And that was the first thing that hit me was malaria. And I was like, goodness gracious, I finally get to my original mission and I get bedridden. So what was your what was going through your daughter's mind? What was she learning throughout this whole experience? You know, she's a pretty positive person by nature. But just after one thing, after another, after another, it really started to weigh on her. And I know she she shared that when she was in the hospital, they she had her companion was there with her initially, but she was a sister from Temple Square. And so they brought her out for six weeks. And during this time where my daughter was in the hospital, they took her companion away. So my daughter truly was alone in the hospital. 
and she's very obedient. And so instead of turning turning the TV on, which you can't do or shouldn't do on your mission, she focused on the gospel library. And she studied the scriptures. She prayed. And it was during that time that she realized God hasn't abandoned her. And he's there with her and loves her. And she drew a lot of strength from that time of alone, alone with just herself thinking and I think that she realized at this time, that's when she got to know, really, truly know her Savior. And that parallels a lot with a lot of different scriptures that you will share in your devotional, but you also tie it to the prophet Joseph Smith and his experience in Liberty Jail. Um, while you're talking about this experience, you reference um, President Henry B. Eyring. Why did you include the experience of Joseph in Liberty Jail in your address, and why did you use that quote by President Eyring, and what does the quote say? Yeah, so the quote um, talks about uh, where is the pavilion, and President Eyring shares that sometimes it's us that are hiding from God, and the reason I chose to use that in my devotional is more of a personal experience that I had where I felt alone in the past, you know, few years with COVID and and different things happening. Um, And I thought he had abandoned me. But as I was reflecting and thinking and just working through this, I realized it wasn't him that was hiding. It was me. I had let the worldly things overtake my life. And Jesus Christ was no longer at the center. So I think it's important for others to to recognize that maybe it's us that need to make the change in order to have our Savior there. Right. And in I took a really great church history class last semester, and we talked a little bit about that experience and who Joseph was before and after, and just the vast difference of not only as a person, but as a prophet that that experience at Liberty Jail made on, on Joseph. Right. He changed so much. And your daughter in that situation changed so much. She she realized that God hadn't abandoned her and that, you know, she was a daughter of God. And in your experiences, you you'll go on to share a few of those in in your address. But you have a quote, one of my favorite quotes by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. Um, It says, don't give up. Don't you quit. You keep walking. You keep trying. There is help and happiness ahead. A lot of it. You keep your chin up. It will be all right in the end. Trust God and believe in good things to come. Some blessings come soon, some come late, and some don't come until heaven. But for those who embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ, they come. And just reading that, I can hear Elder Holland saying it. I He has so much passion and love behind those words. And I kind of want to hear a little bit from you on how you were able to apply the atonement in your life and make the necessary adjustments to live a life focused on the Savior. Yeah, so um, I I love those words from Elder Holland as well. He's one of my favorite, and I think it's just because he is so passionate when he talks. There, you know, at my lowest of low, you do want to give up. When you just feel alone and you think no, nothing can save you, and those words, don't you give up, you keep walking, and that's what we have to do when we are at um, when we are struggling. We have to keep moving forward, and hopefully, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ 
that we're actually walking towards him and not walking away. And I do share in my devotional that I found myself on the path of walking away rather than walking towards um, Christ. And that's when I realized I need to draw upon the power of the enab- that enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ to help get Christ back into the center before it was too late. Right after that part in your address, you go on the list four things. Um, four things that everyone can do to draw near to God, which will help us feel his love and strength. The first point is focusing on the temple, followed by increasing faith in Jesus Christ, then daily repentance, and then you end with things celestial. So these points are taken directly from President Nelson. And I feel like that's been a huge theme in these devotionals this semester is that talk, things celestial, because I think there's so many great things to apply. And like you said, you're applying it now with the atonement. So how have these points helped you? you find peace through the atonement of Jesus Christ. The points that I shared actually take action. You have to put forth effort. And uh, I think about what President, I think it was President um, Nelson said, the Lord loves effort. And so anytime we are listening to the counsel given to us by our prophet and apostles and truly trying to implement them, we will find ourselves changing attending the temple more. Uh, I don't, I wasn't a great temple attender right after COVID. Uh, Kind of hard to get back into your habits after not being able to do that for a while. But as you go to the temple, that's where you can draw upon the strength of your covenants and that the peace that comes from just being in the temple. I found some weeks I can't do a session, but I can do initiatory work. And I find myself being drawn more and more to the temple. It's that time that I just get to sit and think about the blessings and also what I'm doing in my life. Am I doing enough to keep Christ at the center? Um, Another one is daily repentance that I talk about. And this has been one for me for a while. You know, when I was younger, I thought, "Ah, I'm not making mistakes every day. I don't need to repent. But if you truly look, take the time to think before you pray about maybe what are some of the things that you have done, what you've said, maybe something that you haven't done that you should, there are always things to repent of, um, our shortcomings. And just having a different attitude towards repentance and realizing that I am not perfect and that I do have things that I need to improve on. It's just made me focus on like, what what changes should I make? And am I doing enough? Daily repentance for me has been, it was something that I taught very heavily on my mission was you got, we're not perfect. I, I don't know of a single day that I went without doing or not doing something that I should have done or should not have done, you know? So those two, those two points are super, super important. How are those two increasing your faith in Jesus Christ and things celestial? Why do you think that those two points are relevant in your devotional address? Why did you include them in there? When you are thinking celestial, you are thinking about the everyday decisions that you make, whether that is watching um, a TV show, scrolling through Facebook for half an hour or an hour when you could be spending that time 
truly study in come follow me. And there's changes in our life that we should be making to increase our faith. If we're if you're scrolling through social media, you're not going to be increasing your faith in Jesus Christ. That's a great way to actually lose faith in Jesus Christ. Um, so I think combining those and thinking a celestial and what you need to do to increase your faith, it just goes hand in hand. So what do you want students and staff to take away from your address? I hope that, um, first of all, they can... They can feel the love of their Savior. And I hope that during those times where they feel just depleted, they don't know what life is going to hold in store. Will I ever be happy? And different things. I just want them to know that, yes, you can. And learning to build a relationship and nurture that relationship with Jesus Christ is one way to Bring happiness and positivity into your life, even during um, the darkest of times. I don't know of a better source of light than our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so learning to draw upon that enabling power and knowing that we can call upon God for extra strength and capacity to get up and go to our class or go to work or face, face life. I think that I'm I just hope that students will will know that it can and will get better. And there are people struggling with, you know, having Christ at the center of their lives. So what advice would you give to them? So for those people that maybe are struggling with that, what advice would you give for them to include and put Christ at the center of their lives? I think the advice that I would um, give to those who are struggling right now goes back to what Elder Holland said. Don't give up and you keep walking. The other thing is the Lord loves effort. And as long as you are trying to do something every day, I am going to give a challenge of what is one thing, just one little thing that we can either improve or maybe take out of our lives in order to focus more on our Savior, Jesus Christ, and give us that time to truly study our scriptures or just ponder. And so I I would say to those who are struggling, make room for Christ in your life. That was Anna Taylor, the Online Employment and Scheduling Director here at BYU-Idaho and today's devotional speaker. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. It's been great.